0: Soon, that's all we're going to talk about soon it's just star wars all the time we're going to break into merchandising all the side stories we're going to have to read all the books it's going to get extensive but today today we are going to do horror villains let's get started so we don't run you guys too late um since it's still three o'clock on my time and i still have lots of more days to play bloodborne
1: horror villains Horror villains. Why would you? Well, why would you say let's talk about horror villains and then mention Bloodborne? Like I'm immediately like wanting to tangent into that. You're, uh, you're a tease, and I dislike you, sir.
0: We can talk about Bloodborne because it's no. one of the greatest
1: horror vi- video games I've ever played.
0: Like it's uh, amazing. It's and amazing. I am yes, it is. Going through it right I now. I've played it. Max, I was, um, I was. I picked up my Bloodborne game two days, like two or three days ago. Last weekend, last weekend, like Sunday, I was like, I'm just going to play some Bloodborne and see how that works. And I was like stuck in the middle of um, Central Yarnum and I didn't really know where to go. And I was like, I am so lost. And it took me like 35 minutes to like catch my groove again. And now I'm like full on in. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm going to go get the Blades
1: of Mercy. And you go and Dex build. What's it called in that? Um, Threaded cane skill. Skill, yeah, right? ski, I, yeah. Uh,
0: skill, vitality, and endurance are the only really three things I need for this build, <laughs> which makes it really convenient. Yeah, the blades of mercy are bestial. Yeah, I'm so excited. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do most of my run through the uh, with the threaded cane, just because I like the reach on that
1: mm-hmm. a lot, and, and, I'm, and I'm, it's very elegant. You know, it's oh, very it refined. is. And it's classy. My,
0: my character is a bald dude with a big beard with the <laughs> steampunk glasses on. And he's like the super skinny, tall dude. And I put him in the top hat outfit. Oh, naturally. Which is like, I'm not sure. I'm not. I think I'm just going to wear this the rest of the game. Like, yeah. just because armor is like not that important in the game. It's more just like, just don't get hit. You know? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. yeah uh, or if you do get hit, hit them back faster. Yeah
0: gotten down the the r2 or the r1 r1 l1 kind of like move sets and kind of moving some more of those with the threaded cane a lot more and so i am well on my way and i just got down to my my parents house and they have a 65 inch 4k tv that i'm gonna punch into uh bloodborne and i'm gonna just do that the rest of the night after we're done so what kind of tv like uh brand oh tcl
2: nice yeah actually i have one of those as well uh 65 4k it's works great for the price
0: oh dude it's so good for the price like it's awesome and nice. the tcls they're they have like one of the lowest input lags that you can get on these tvs and so like for gaming when you put it into
2: game mode it just is so sweet it's like butter it's oh, i can only imagine i mean i will say that the price alone is worth the roku uh interface at least oh, for me i, I love it
0: I love the Roku interface. I thought I was going to hate it. And I was just like, once I started moving around with it and I was like, I'm going to watch all my TV through my Xbox like I usually do. And then once I started getting used to it, I was like, I watch everything through the TV now. And I like hardly ever turn the consoles on to watch something unless I have to like go to HBO Max or something.
2: Pretty much the only time that unless I'm playing a game, the only other time that I'll turn on the gaming console is usually to put a disc in. um, Which I will say the interface, one of the Biggest benefits is that, considering that we're in a point where there are so many streaming services, it's so much nicer just to have everything set. They don't oh, yeah. move based on what you previously used.
1: Mm-hmm. It's all in the
2: same order, so you know exactly what you're looking at. Because there'll be times where I'll watch, let's say, Shutter, for example, and then you know, I'll go about a month or so without watching Shutter. But then all the apps have just rearranged
0: Oh yeah, based yeah. on what you've recently it's, used. It's the worst. Like, uh, I, I love the Roku interface and, and all of that. I brought home um, Blade Runner 2049 to plug it in to see how pretty that is on this TV. I'm very excited.
1: I am speaking of oh, yeah. 2049. What's the ball guy's name? The, the very large bodybuilder. He David Batista. Yeah. He took a shot at the rock in some interview recently. And I am pissed because it's like, what? Who in the world takes a shot at the rock?
0: Yeah. Come on. Like he,
1: he was like, he was like, well, everyone knows him, but he can't act. And I'm looking for more artistic roles. And I was like, really, dude? Oh. Like, why are you going to try to start Beef with the Rock? Dwayne Johnson that, is a gem, man. He's great.
0: And the fact that you play Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, come on. I love that character, but like... It's,
1: that's not acting. It's, it's not, just like, just just like just one-line lines in flat. flat yeah, ways. that's it.
0: It's just like stand still and say your one-line comedies because that's all that role has devolved
2: into. Mm. Maybe he's just really jealous of his eyebrows. I don't know. No, that's I can't probably tell. It. I did not read the... Uh, I did not read the insult or the shot. I saw the uh, headline of the article, but then kept scrolling.
1: Yeah, I went through and read it. And the context was friendly. Like, he wasn't actually being, like, aggressive or, like, vitriolic. But, but still, like, <laughs> it does that. It's like, you know, you know, Mr. Rogers was okay, but his taste in clothes, man, that was really <laughs> embarrassing. You know, I really feel like he could have done a lot more for kids about body positivity. It's like, are you kidding me? You're taking a shot at Mr. Rogers? <sighs> Oh man,
0: uh, it's like Mister Rogers and Bob Ross. Like you leave those two people alone. Yeah, and and Dwayne Johnson. And Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yes, we're we're adding Dwayne Johnson to that list.
1: Leave Dwayne Johnson alone.
0: Uh, I do love them. Um, how do you guys want to do this? Since I I don't want to get you know this can very, very easily become a three hour podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Um, for time's sake, do you wanna try to finish like an entire left side of the bracket? Like just yeah. go all the way to those final fours and then do the other full side, or do you want to go through like the first round and then the second round? Like I, I think uh, it would what do you think? What are you thoughts with, on that
2: I'm fine with left side.
1: It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think left side makes the most sense. Do left side this time, right side next time, then I think two next I think time so. we can bring it back down.
0: That's what I like. I don't have my... I actually filled out the bracket by myself last week to figure out what I wanted to do with it, and I had a surprising
1: winner, and I forgot everything about it except for who won, so this yeah. will be fun. I filled it out before we reseated, and I was shocked at the winner, too, so I'm I'm very eager to explore this a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. Let's get started, then... Welcome to the show. This is Infinite Pulp. We are here again. It continues to be infinite. It continues to be spooky season. Yeah, this is going to be great. This is our kind of part two out of maybe four that we're looking at right now. Maybe three. Part two out of maybe three. Last week we seeded the bracket. This week we're going to... Talk about some of the bracket and go over and start figuring out some of these winners. And before we get into that, though, I think it, it, it does some good to introduce who we have on the show today because it's not just me. It's not going to be just me talking at you for a couple hours as much as I know you would all want that. It is lovely here to introduce my everlasting co-host, Max. It's me. You are here. I continue to be here as well. Thank you for showing up on time today. He shows up on time every week. That, that was, I
1: don't know why I said that. I am so disrespectful. I'm always like 45 minutes late. I show up to work in my underwear. I'm drunk every time. It's embarrassing. I really got to pull my act together. Two out of those three things are actually preferable. Uh, <laughs> we'll let you figure out which ones. Yes.
0: Uh, and we have somebody else joining with us. You've heard his voice before.
2: Matt, you're here. How's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, It's good um had a pretty good day off just uh watching movies what else would i do
0: oh yeah dude i didn't know you're off today i would have scheduled this a little earlier for us if i knew you were off
2: oh yeah i didn't know um i had some floating holidays that i needed to burn so oh yeah i just kept uh kept them from my original california trip scheduled Um, so would have been in california
0: I, I feel you because uh, one of my good friends of the show, Rob, he would have been in Oregon next week if if all this wouldn't have gone down. So I, I feel that I feel feel yeah. I feel That's the missed vacation. Anyways, we'll go to California next year if we can, and I'll, I'll join yeah. you on that trip. Yeah, it's all good. So sweet. Today we're going to do the villains face off with the bracket. Before we get started, though. I do have a game you want to play before we get started on that, Matt and Max. Max, you already kind of talked to us a little bit. Max, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. I'm, I mean, as good as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, real world events are percolating right now. The Breonna Taylor verdict was handed down yesterday, and it's a travesty against human rights and our judicial system. So, I think it's impossible to get through this session without just mentioning that that is happening right now. Mm -hmm. Obviously people will be hearing this further down the road. um, And for you, it will be in the future. Hopefully that future looks a little brighter, Um, but right now it does not. So just trying to sit with that and find ways that I can purpose the energy that I have around my reactions to Mm -hmm. that. So reaching out to local volunteer groups, trying to find ways to dig in and, and invest my time because I, I was really optimistic after George Floyd's murder that maybe this country would you know account for itself and take some responsibility and it clearly has no intention of doing that. So yep, yeah, I think over the past few weeks of everything that's been unfolded,
0: culminated in this as well has definitely shown that it it has no intention of being taking any accountability for anything like that.
1: Yeah. And that's so, in, our, our our director of equity and inclusion in our city actually tenured her resignation this past week as a result of a lack of accountability. She was like she was she was working with department heads in other areas who had no accountability. And so she would encourage them to do things, push them to do things, and they just wouldn't. And she tried for three years and then she was like, wow, so this city clearly doesn't want to change. I'm out. Very well so, said. So it's up to us to fix that, right? Like it it shouldn't be the responsibility no, of people right, who though. are living under permanent threat of their livelihood in black and brown bodies to deal with this. It should be us as, as white people with voices and microphones to speak right. up and, and say Absolutely. that this is not something that we're going to sweep under the rug or not talk about because human rights are not politics. They are human rights. They extend yes. beyond that. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Max. I appreciate it. I'm glad you spoke.
0: With that and everything else, we are going to go into the section of the podcast that deals with Max, the two M's. I'm not. I'm going to get your names confused. You can just, just call, call us Eminem. It's fine. Eminem. That's how. I'm, yeah, I like it. So Eminem, I want you to to guess what movie I am watching. And I'm very excited for this week, as I am every single week. You all should know the rules by now, but we're going to go over them anyways. I'm watching a movie. There are five questions that these two get to ask to narrow it down, and then two guesses and two clues. There's going to be a little change this week, and due to the nature of the amount of fun facts and trivia I was able to find on this movie, um, there's not going to be any replacement clues for for guesses. No! Uh, it, it's, it's honestly, I, I tried, I looked, There are, they're like the IMD page, page, IMDb pages like has five fun facts about this. I searched the internet for it. I couldn't find anything. I finally pulled a couple off that I could actually get to that I thought would be good clues and things that it could actually help you out with this a lot. So we're going to go back to original rules, OG rules, and we will do uh, no uh, replacement guesses uh, for clues. So with that, you guys are off enjoy and uh try to guess what i'm watching
1: so i wasn't here last week and i think it's important to point out that like matt you and fabi actually won without like one on your own so you know two how weeks this ago. works two but weeks yes. ago yeah so if you have questions or you have an approach that you feel like works for you man dive right in
2: hmm. <laughs> Caught me off guard. Let me think. Let's see here. <laughs> is it available on a streaming service currently? Ooh, it is available on a streaming That's service a currently. That's
1: a fabulous question. I love that question. I have not asked that question yet.
0: You guys think I have buy movies for this game? Come on.
2: <laughs> well, just because it's not on a streaming service doesn't mean that you have to buy. Yeah,
0: that is very true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, so we have a yes on this streaming. It is yeah. available to stream as of September 24th, 2020. Yes. Correct. Nice clarification. Excellent. <laughs>
1: um, can I, do you mind if I ask if it's live action or animated? That's usually an easy sort of like That's narrowing a, it down. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. What?
0: Give me an answer, Aaron. It is live action. Excellent.
1: just a a cavernous silence on that one i think we're both like (laughs) like wanting and i hope you leave that in because like that's one of the we're talking about horror today you know real life and fiction and that that silence right the awkward pause is one of the most horrifying moments in any human being's life yeah and we all got to experience (laughs) it together and i think that's profoundly disturbing um, okay, so normally um, my my next question is usually like, do I like this movie or not? But obviously, Matt, since you don't know me as well, I think that would be a little um, It'd be challenging. Yeah. So what I do would, know what both of you well, you well enough, next.
0: though, that I could answer that question if you both like the movie
1: or not. That would be tricky, though. What do yeah. you think? What do you think, Matt? Do you want to burn that, or do you want to try something else? Yeah, let's go for it. Why not? I can I can definitely say that you guys both like this movie.
2: Okay. Okay. Cool. So not only does he know that we've both watched this movie, we both like it. So that's mm. good. All right. So that was our third question. I'm gonna go for a clue. Right. Actually, how about this? Um, well, I, yeah. Let's do a clue, and then we'll we'll uh, well I'll see if my next question needs to be said. <laughs>
0: Sure. First clue on this one. It's the easier one. I believe not. It's the more difficult clue. The design for the cabin in this movie was based on both Evil Dead and Wrong Turn.
2: I'm pretty sure I know what it is.
1: If you want to, if you want to burn like one question to try a guess, go for it because we've still got one more question after that and another clue. So I'm fine for you to go ahead and give it a shot. You have two questions
0: left and a clue and two guesses. You got, you guys got loads of loads of options. Go for it, man.
2: Okay. Is how can I? Okay. Did this movie come out in 2013? Ooh, it did not. Okay. All right. All right. So my suspicion is gone. Interesting.
1: Who's typing? Am I hear typing. Me. My bad. Let me go ahead and mute that. We no, I don't mind listening to it. I just you're, we're not allowed to cheat here. Don't you discredit us? We'll get we'll get questions taken back.
2: No, I'm not cheating. I was responding to a message. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, because you could Google that
0: and probably find the answer. Yeah, um, you can respond to messages. Don't worry about the typing. We, okay. we,
1: this is a low quality podcast. That's the pull part of it. We know this. So I'm inclined to think, Matt. I'm in, when he talks about a cabin that's like a focal point. I'm inclined to like pull myself towards like cabin in the woods, obviously, because it's kind of meta. Um, so when you talk about like a cabin took influence from movies, I mean, it seems pretty obvious that it was in, in meta to begin with. Um, is there a way that we could ask a question that like helps us narrow down on that without wasting a question? You know what I mean? Cause it could also be like, um, what's the one about the disease where they drink the water cabin fever is also one where the cabin focuses pretty heavily. Um, obviously I think. If it was Cabin in the Woods, it would probably have more trivia. So I'm inclined to think that it maybe is not that.
2: See, and that's another thing, too, is that I... My question was actually an incorrect year, so I wasted that question because (laughs) I completely... uh, I Basically, I overshot it by a year. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it came out in
1: 2012. Yes. The movie... (laughs) the movie that we're talking about came out in 2012? Like, the movie we're trying to guess?
0: No, I can't answer that, but the the movie movie. that was Matt's question that I think he was surrounding it was Uh, and did come out in 2012. Do you want to go ahead
1: and just say it, since it's not a guess at this point, and we can just, like, let the audience know what the two of you are thinking?
2: I mean, I was thinking
1: Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods was
2: 2011. Yeah. Well, uh, it came uh, out, uh, the one released was 2012. Well, all three of us were,
0: were correct and incorrect in all different ways. So. Wow, *Cabin in the Woods* took place over three years. It,
1: man, that's a that's an impressive movie debut. It's, it's like a Dickens book. It's yeah. just slowly releasing. All right, so that well, you want to say that burned a question instead of a hint, Matt. That way we can still have one more question and one more hint.
0: Well, to also like to that. be to
1: to be fair, I have not told you it's not *Cabin in the Woods* yet. That's fair, but we're not there yet. And we're clarifying. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> Is that cool with you, Matt? Oh, I'm totally down for that. Okay. All right, so do we want one more question? Do we want to ask another question, or do we want to go ahead and burn the second clue?
2: Let's do, uh, you know what? Why don't you make the decision? You flip that coin.
1: <laughs> it's always a quick <laughs> flip when I play this game anyway. Um, okay. Give us the second clue. Yep. So there's
0: a special feature on the DVD or Blu-ray, however you want to look at it, that plays the movie from the perspective of the college kids and not
1: the other villains. I'm almost inclined to say that this is Tucker and Dale versus evil because that's, that's a movie where, like, it, it it features from the perspective of not the college kids.
2: That's a great uh, sentiment.
1: Hmm.
2: Let me see. And for. One thing about Tucker and Dale is I could see that having not a lot of trivia to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But also it could, I mean, it was popular enough, you know? Um, Mm. So I'm, 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 I guess my only real last Question would be like, is it a horror comedy or not? Right, because that'll help narrow it down. And if we know it's not a comedy, then we've got two guesses to figure out what it really mm-hmm.
2: was.
1: Correct. Do you have another question that you would prefer to ask?
2: I uh, no, I can't really think of anything at this point.
1: All right, uh, drum roll. Was it a horror comedy? It it, it is a horror comedy. I can I, man his tone sounds like it is not Tucker and Dale though his, mm. ten, his tone was really intentionally like disappointed like you know if he had if he had been resigned to us getting it he would have been like it is a horror comedy but I think he thinks we're going down the wrong trail here because he said it is a horror comedy because he's like he's worried that we're gonna guess oh maybe he's disappointed that we're gonna get it right we have two guesses it. uh okay oh, I can't say that. I can't say that either. Um, Do you want to go ahead and guess uh, Tucker and Dale?
2: Mm, Yeah,
1: let's do that. Another thing we can do. Oh, we can't substitute. um, Can we substitute a question for a guess? Yeah, you could definitely substitute a question for a guess. I'll I'll throw that in there for this round. Okay. Would you prefer to burn a guess on a question or would you prefer to ask one? No, I asked our last question. Damn it. (laughs) Never mind. The point is moot. Alright, are you watching Tucker and Dale vs. Evil? Yeah, I am.
0: Yeah! Boy! <laughs> you got it,
2: son.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, I, what's the name of the dog? What's the name of the dog? He's just a big marshmallow. Oh, that's just. That's just. What's his name? Oh. Gosh, what? They're, the dog. I don't remember there being a dog. I'm watching this yeah. right now, and i don't no. She when she wakes up and he's in the room with her trying to make her food and not freak her out. The dog is oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's am like, watching this movie on silent because I can't. It's have just the audio yeah. playing through. So
2: now that is a movie I need to rewatch. I saw it when it first kind of came out, and of course I loved it, but I haven't rewatched it since. Oh yeah, it's so good. I love this movie. It is. It's very, yeah. very, very playful. Alan Tudyk, come on!
0: Oh my gosh, Alan Tudyk, and then the other guy who plays it, his, his, gosh, I had his name up. He's he's great in it as well. Um, he, him and Alan Tudyk together were um like just like hung out together before they started filming, just so they could like create that like buddy buddy bond.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: which was awesome. Who's the other guy? Why did they go to Prime? I don't want to go to Prime. I want to go to IMDb. Tyler Levine? Yes, that's who it is. It, it was his idea to wear the hat with the, the giver uh, on it. And then it was mm. um, Alan Tudyk's idea when, when Tyler Levine's character gets stung in the face by the bees to uh, pour beer on it. Like he improvised that and just started pouring beer on his face. That's uh, so great. This movie's awesome.
1: Yeah, there are are some lines in that movie that are, like, legendary. Oh, yeah. Legend Jaggers. That's the dog's name, Jaggers. Oh, that's Jaggers. (laughs) He's just a big marshmallow. It looks like the dog from, uh, he's like a Mastiff almost. He looks like a Mastiff Pitbull mix or something. He looks Mm -hmm. like the dog from uh, The Sandlot, right? He's huge and intimidating, and the dog kind of, like, gives her, like, a sideways cock of the head and, like, a little growl. He's like, oh, that's just Jagger's. He's a big marshmallow. And then she starts petting him and he like his mouth drops open and his giant tongue lolls out and he's all happy and friendly. Uh, Man, that line, like, what what does he say to the cop when the cop pulls up? It's like, I've heard some reports. And he goes, these kids, Alan Tudy's character is like, these kids are running out of the woods and throwing themselves in the wood chipper. (laughs) Yeah, it's so great. It's like some (laughs) sort of crazy cult.
0: Uh, I love it. It's it's an I was so surprised film. when I watched it for the first time, just like not really knowing what to go and expecting it. And like the sideways twist of, of these two people who'd like, just look like villains who aren't. Oh, it's great. I love this movie. Yeah. That, that th- honestly, guys, those were the only two clues that were like, were really available. That yeah. was kind of it. Like it, there's like five things on here. Yeah. That, um, that could go, but and I wasn't, I figured the, the, the college kids perspective movie and that kind of flip would be the main one that would push you in the right direction. So
1: we were headed in the right direction before that clue. You were
0: for sure. Cabin in the woods is also a great choice because I watched that a couple nights ago yeah, and I definitely flipped my, uh, my coin on that one because I, I initially did not like Cabin in the woods and then I watched it on Sunday and I was like, this is great. I don't know why I didn't like it
1: at first. Where can you currently stream to Kerndale? Uh, Netflix. Oh, I'm, I'm probably going to watch that tonight <laughs> after we yes, get done. I love that you movie. You should. you should. Have.
0: Let's talk about that for a second. Have, what, what kind of horror movies have you all been watching before we get into our, our villain face off? Like, I, I, I've been like last night, I watched The Babadook and The Ritual. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
1: Good. I love The Ritual, man. Was, the Ritual was awesome. The, oh, the design horrifying. of that
0: monster is so cool. Yeah. It so good. And just I, everything around that was amazing. And that's what Matt, Matt, Matt turned me on to The Ritual yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I had to. I had to give it a go.
1: Did either of you read the Yeah, work?
2: No. No. I heard it's uh, it's definitely a, a must-read. My one it, friend who loves uh, horror literature is a big fan of it. Um, she enjoyed the movie as well, but for separate reasons. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's well-written, it's fun, and it's approachable. Like, it's not too... Like a lot of horror mo- books, can get like really long-winded or self-important or whatever. It's super approachable, super fun, really concise and well-written. It's really good. I recommend you check it out. Sweet. Even if you have seen the movie,
2: we should. Yeah, I I watched. Uh, let's see. Yesterday, I watched uh, Ritual, and what was the other movie I watched? Feels did like watch, so long ago. Did you watch Apollo eighteen today or yesterday? Uh, so today was Apollo eighteen. Yes. Um, the Void uh, on Shudder mm-hmm. and the other movie that I watched was... Oh man, it's been quite the day. Hold on. Let me go back to... Oh, In the Mouth of Madness. That was the other movie I watched uh, today. yes. Alan Gray. Solid. In an H.P. Lovecraft movie. Yes. Solid flick. Sam Neill definitely outacted most of the cast in that movie. <laughs> Um, but, you know, but I will say that there were moments where, I mean, it's, it's, it's Sam Neill, and I feel like he has run into this complication before in some of his other movies, uh, or at least projects, but sometimes I can never tell if he's meant to be, if he's meant to be, uh, playing English, or if that's just his accent slipping out, so that was one of those,
1: couldn't tell. I always think it's his accent slipping out. I adore Samuel. Oh, yeah. I will watch him in anything. I, he has my support to the end of days. Um, yes. But he's he doesn't have a a lot of the nuance that I admire in a lot of my like a list actors.
2: He well, and I will say that um um, like his American accent is good enough. At least it was it was uh, on point in Jurassic Park. But I feel like it's not as. I guess, recognizable as some other, as other, you know, famous English actors that are, uh, you know, putting on a really solid American accent, which I will say, I mean, I don't know, this could also be coming from somebody that isn't American, but I don't know, it seems like uh, some American accents can be very difficult to do.
1: They can be if you try to go regional. A basic American accent can be pretty straightforward. I think it's a lot like trying to do an English accent. Like if you start getting into regional stuff or you start overthinking it, it can get really complicated or you start mixing them. Mm -hmm. But if you listen to someone who's just got like a a clean sort
2: of non-regionalized accent, it's a lot easier. Mm Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, the the next Neil, uh, Sam Neil movie that's on my list is uh, The Possession. So I'm probably going to, uh, get that, get that done either later tonight or tomorrow. Glorious.
1: Yeah, and that's I, been on my
2: list for a while. And yeah, I was looking at it today, <laughs> but then I went with in the mouth of madness because that has been something that I should have watched a long time ago. Yeah. It's really fun. Anything Lovecraft related. I'm all over, it.
1: It's, it's good sure. stuff. Have you seen, um, uh, have either of you seen, what's it called? Mm-hmm. Um, Dagon yet? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's probably the most uh, – uh, it's one of the most faithful Lovecraft adaptations I've seen, aside from the most recently released Nicolas Cage color out of space film, which was also very sort of true to form. Ooh, maybe I'll watch that tonight.
0: That's about my list for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's,
1: that's on my list for sure. Um, no, Maddie, now,
0: I did – you can't watch Colorado Space until you watch Mandy first. You gotta put in. You just gotta watch Mandy. And uh, I've been, then I've been waiting Color.
2: for when the, the next time you were gonna yell at me for not watching Mandy today or <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Every day. Yeah, I still haven't
1: seen it either, and I've heard it's incredible, so it's That's on my so list great. as well. Yeah.
2: Uh, Fabi loved Mandy, and I know that she's been trying to get me to watch it. Not to say that I'm against it. It's just one of those. Um, whenever she does ask me, I'm either not in the mood or there's another movie on our, uh, on our horizon that we we're, that we discussed watching that night. So.
0: Yeah, that's fair. It's absolutely one of those movies that like, maybe I don't have a draw to go watch or see, but like when I do sit down to watch it, it's, it's great. I love it. Yeah.
1: And but. we watched Lake Placid last night. That's what we were. Doing. Oh, solid choice. Yeah. And before that we watched house ding dong. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, very sort of like opposite ends of the spectrum of horror movies you know that sort of 80s kitsch and then sort of late 90s kitsch um, but it was very fun both of them were very enjoyable and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed obviously Betty White in Lake Placid is the best sort of evil villain twist of all time yeah she's she's pretty darn solid <laughs> Excellent.
0: Before that, I finally got my partner to watch Scream with me, which was awesome. She thoroughly enjoyed that. The original, huh? Yeah, she hasn't she hasn't watched any horror movies at all. So like I've been going through and I was just like trying to set the tone of like it's 1994 and like Drew Barrymore is like one of the most famous actresses on the planet Mm -hmm. right now in this time. Just go into that movie thinking that
2: and then it's like the lead actress her uh her name is on the poster and then you watch the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah it's yeah.
0: so good i won't spoil anything for people who haven't gotten to scream yet it's 16 years 16 20, 26 26 years old so like if you don't know what's going on you should go watch it so uh um you're about one year away from your spoiler free uh content
2: so next year we're talking I about mean, movies i'm spoiling it all it's it's also a pretty important movie because it's one of those movies that, um, it's very much like Friday the 13th part six in that it's very meta. However, it's also still meant to be taken as a serious movie. Um, but those little moments of meta, um, kind of help the audience feel comfort, which I Mm -hmm. always find uh, fascinating because it's, it almost plays as a tongue in cheek comedy. um, -hmm.
1: And yeah.
2: then and then and then uh, Scary Movie came along and pretty much just <laughs> hey we know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Who needs
1: subtlety, right?
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a, there's a difference between playing tribute and straight up parodying.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scary Movie was uh, Chevy Chase and Saturday Night Live. You know, falling over—that's the joke. The joke is he falls over. It's like, uh huh, great.
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: All right. But, sweet. Well, those are some re- recommendations for you all. So yeah. you can go watch any of those movies. I know. I think I'm going to probably end up watching Lake Placid tonight. Cause I have not seen that yet. It's so, a good one.
1: Yeah. It's um, on Amazon prime.
0: Excellent. I need to catch up on a lot of horror that I haven't seen. So I'm, I'm kind of doing that this year. And, and I know Matt, I know you haven't seen the Babadook yet. I I give it a watch. I thought it was good. It was, it was, it was fun. Max, did you ever get around to watching that?
1: Oh yeah, I absolutely watched it. And it's such like, it's such an impactful horror movie. Like I think Mm -hmm. it's one of the highest rated horror movies on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And I think it's really important if you love horror, even if you don't like the movie to have seen it, to be able to talk about it because it's absolutely impactful and relevant. Yeah, for sure. So,
2: That was definitely one of those movies where, as it was being advertised, it was on my list. And then it came out, and I'm not sure exactly what kept me from going to see it, but I didn't. And I just, you know, went on with my life. But I will eventually watch it, because I do want to see it.
0: Um, A little hot tip for you, Matt. If you want to go to the IFC, the Independent Film Company... Uh, they have an app on Roku that you can sign up for a seven day free trial. It's on there right now. So like, that's all I did. I just signed up for the trial and then immediately canceled it after I watched that movie. Yeah. Just be
1: sure to cancel it or they'll start charging you.
0: Yep. 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 Um, so sweet. Those are the movies. Let's watch all of them. So we're gonna get into some of the villains from those movies today. A couple of them, actually, maybe not any of them. Now that I'm mm. looking at the list, doesn't matter. We're still gonna talk about them. I think everything we talked about today is on the other side of the bracket. So enjoy that. But
1: we can start on the right side and go back to the left if you want. I don't no, care. No, I want to
0: start on the left and go on go on to the right <laughs> side. That's fine.
2: <laughs> You're a left to right man kind of guy.
0: Yeah, I I, I can't like we're not we're not reading manga here. Come on. Yeah. Um. So. He dresses to
1: the left, if you will.
0: <laughs> um, what we're going to do here is we are going to first decide what kind of order do you want to go in when we talk about this? Should we just go down from top yep. to bottom? Like, yep. start with our first 1-8 seed, then 4-5, then 3-6, then 2-7. Just kind of go that way and just go straight down. Just keep it easy. That's be the, the best yeah, way to do that's it.
2: clean. That's a clean okay. way of doing it.
0: Awesome. I like it. So here is the first seeds. As you remember, I will go through the top left bracket, which we are now calling Northwest bracket. Um, and it is going to be one eight. Is Michael Myers versus Annie Wilkes? Four five is Norman Bates versus Tall Man. Three six is the Necronomicon. Did I
1: get that mm-hmm. right? You nailed it. Yes. Good job. Yeah.
0: There was a whole section last week uh, mad of me not being able to pronounce that. It was like a good five <laughs> minutes of me trying to figure out how to get that right.
2: See, well, now every time you do have to pronounce that word, you do it incorrectly. You make it yeah. you make it a joke now. This is what you do. <laughs> the problem was I
0: couldn't even pronounce it incorrectly. That was the issue is I couldn't even get through the word. <laughs>
2: Um, oh fun. the
0: Necronomicon versus Sam Samhain and Samhain is we are calling from uh, Trick or Treat and then the last of this bracket is Chucky versus Critter so um, should we start with the easy one Michael Myers versus Annie Wilkes I mean do we want to talk about this a lot or should we just move Michael, Michael Myers forward a little bit I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean so, some of these are going to be very very simple just because yeah, that's how seating goes It is. I mean, there's a reason Michael Myers is number one seed and Annie Wilkes is number eight seeds. I'm just going to type in Michael Myers right here. If you all want to say something about why Annie Wilkes may have a shot, we should probably talk about before we do this a little bit about our criteria for like what we're rating them as and and, and kind of what we're arguing for. What I don't want to do is and what I don't want to do is like who would win in a fight? We're not really taking like Michael Myers versus Annie Wilkes in a fight. What I'm talking about, like maybe if you were presented with this villain in your life, which one do you think would win out? So like, if you were trapped with Annie Wilkes or if you were being chased down by Michael Myers, which one are you going to like rather be, you know, who's going to win that fight essentially. And that's kind of how I'm going for it. Does that sound okay to both you guys? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So ultimately what you're saying is like, which one is more powerful, right? Like,
0: yeah, I think I think there there are some weird things in here some lower seeds that could be more. But I mean, that's essentially it is more powerful, more iconic, more like deadly. You know, like if let me put it this way: if you were to have an ultimate villain in your horror movie, which one would you want it to be? I think that's probably the best way to to, to say yeah. it.
2: Um. So, well, like you were saying about the whole impact, like that also definitely should take into account because, I mean, you're talking about, um, ex- for example, in our first uh, matchup, Michael Myers, obviously people know that name a lot more um, than Annie. And while a lot of people will probably be like, oh, Kathy Bates, you know, and they won't, like her name may not be as... Familiar to many people.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. So
0: I guess we should probably say Michael Myers is from the Halloween franchise and Annie Wilkes is the uh, made baddie villain in Misery, a uh, Stephen King adapted movie or adapted novel into a movie.
1: Yeah. And we mentioned this when we went through the bracket, so we don't need to spend too much time identifying each of them and everyone. Um, People can go back and watch that episode if they need to. I'm absolutely happy to refresh people. Um, But like. We won't it, talk about maybe, like,
0: why they're there. I mean, we'll, I'm just going to mention it. Like yeah, Next no, no, one is fine. Norman Bates. He's from Psycho. Like, I'll just right. mention
1: what movie it is. Perfect. Yeah, yeah but so. when it comes to, like, immortal serial killer versus crazed novel <laughs> fan, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it's pretty clear who's going to, like, come out on top. But I think there is a case to be made, and I want to say this because I don't think, you know, I don't want listeners to feel like, oh, this is unfair, right? Like, there's no way that Annie could, you know, Win. I think there is a universe in which Annie manages to trap Michael and just like keeps him as a pet. yeah, <laughs> because he's not all powerful, right? like right. he he can't be killed. but she's very good at trapping. and trapping really is one of the more effective ways to deal with michael. so if if someone if any normal sort of flesh and blood human was going to have a chance against him, I think she has a great shot at it because she's really insidious about yeah. her about her approach, which I think would be very effective against this sort of walk at you and stab at you, Michael approach.
0: Well, I also think that, like, somebody's fear of being trapped and contained by someone like Annie Wilkes could be greater than being stalked and, and walked towards you with, like, like Michael. Like, I think somebody's fear of being, like, not able to leave a house of somebody kidnapping you and trapping you could be a greater fear than somebody's like Michael Myers stalking you. So I, I think oh, that
2: wow, there, go on. I'm so sorry for interrupting.
0: So, I, like I said, Matt, like, I think there is a a universe there where that would work, but I do think the overwhelming universes have Michael Myers coming out on top here. So,
2: sorry, Matt, you can go for it. Okay, well, all I was going to add to uh, to what Max was saying, um, uh, in addition to, uh, I mean, the best thing about this is that to some people, like you were saying. You know they're not really afraid of you know a lumbling oaf coming at them however undying love that you cannot return that is frightening <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely and so i i don't think this is just a like a one-off just michael myers is going to win every single time there's arguments be made depending on the audience that annie wilkes could come on top here and I, we tried to set the bracket up in a way where that that was possible for kind of all of them so that being said, Michael Myers is the winner today in our bracket. And this is just our bracket, by the way. This is not anything that's going to be solidified in the
1: histories of horror movies. So. No, this is definitive. Like, we're going to get Academy
2: Awards next year for outlining this correctly.
0: Yeah, I think it's, so.
2: Maybe. It's just as definitive as being able to write anything on Wikipedia.
0: Yes. yes. We are <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which,
1: which everyone in 2020 knows is a fact.
2: So Exactly.
0: One hundred percent. All right. I'm putting Michael Myers ahead. He's now made it to round two of the center to 16. We're moving Who's on next? to the second bracket or the second matchup. We have Tallman versus Norman Bates. Um, I do love this because um, Tallman is from the Phantasm series in franchise and Norman Bates is from Psycho. Um, I'll put my little two, two cents in before you before you guys get started on this. Um, I think you you will as a person have a lesser chance of meeting somebody like Tall Man than you will meeting somebody like Norman Bates, and, and so though I do mm-hmm. think Tall Man here is a more powerful, more I mean he's immortal, so like it's so I think if you do encounter one of these two, your chance of surviving is a lot less if you happen to come across Tall Man, but I, I think that the likelihood of catching yourself in a Norman Bates situation is much greater. Mm. Um, so in that, I'm not really sure who I want to put forward here. I think I would probably still still move towards. I think I would probably still move towards Tall Man than Norman Bates. But what are your thoughts on this?
2: Take it away, Matt. I would I would vote Tall Man on that. Um, I've seen each of the Phantasm series. Uh, he does pose much more of a threat, I think, than Norman Bates uh, because. The one thing that is, you know, alludes to his power is his followers. He's got his little minions. So even when he is not chasing you, you could still be captured and brought to him.
1: Right. Yeah. He's a he's a freaking necromancer, man. I mean, he's like... Exactly. He's, like an, he's an undead necromancer. And so the idea is, like, he's got... In addition to that, he's got like the floating like metal spheres that can turn into saws and stuff like dude, dude's kind of like a supervillain, honestly, like he's he's a lot scarier than he is portrayed in many of the movies. Um, And I think I think it's really important to remember, like every person he kills in his path is then like raised as a minion
2: so mm-hmm, like mm-hmm.
1: it's really hard to create a force that can take him down because volume of the force doesn't matter because everything you throw at him just gets turned against you right yeah absolutely Um. yeah I think I think we should move Tom and Ford here and I do want to say though that just before we move on that like I, I was thinking of a lot of these brackets in terms of like the, the combat issue like which one is more of a threat to the world if both are running around in the world Or if they ever encountered each other Mm -hmm. on their own individual paths, like if they ever intersected, who would be allowed to keep doing their evil? You know, like which evil Mm -hmm. would win out? Um, And I think when you talk about horror, like there are two very fundamental camps in horror. There are people who are scared of real, right? Of, Of the slashers, of the serial killers, of the Jeffrey Dahmers, like the people who smile at you in the grocery store, follow you home and murder you in your sleep right and then there are the people who are afraid of the supernatural right the people who are afraid of things that can't be controlled that can't be named that can't be they don't have like strict limits right like a crazy dude you shoot him in the chest he's probably gonna die it's a lot harder to shoot a ghost in the chest so this fight for me is is in general like supernatural wins but talking about your concept earlier Aaron of like fear and the ramifications of fear I think Norman Bates embodies that fundamental fear of Mm -hmm. human capacity for violence that a lot of people find profoundly disturbing.
0: Yeah, Uh, no, I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm all with you there. And I, I, that's why I think I, I, I struggled with this one a lot. Um, just because the, the, just who Norman Bates is and the fact of like, he is the epitome of just being like, he's not only going to smile at you in the grocery store. He is going to stop and talk to you and you're going to get sucked into his world of like how charming and like wonderful this person seems on the outside and what he's projecting to you. And you're going to want to be around him more often. And then you find out exactly what he is. And so Mm -hmm. I I think there's a very real fear there uh, of that kind of magnitude. And so uh, I mean, it's hard for me not to put tall man ahead, you know, but, but I do think there's, there's a fight there for Norman Bates and, and his style and in the way, and that kind of fear that he incites as well. Yeah. Uh, we are going to put Tallman ahead though. That, that is what we're doing. It's, he's already written into the brackets because at, at this point it's, it's three Oh right now for Tallman. We all, we all kind of voted Tallman. Um, we are going to not necessarily do strictly, um, tiebreakers if, if if one person can make a greater case than the other two folks can I, i'm in, i'm willing to, to to listen to that person and, and and hear them out but but for the most part if there is a tiebreaker then then i we will go with that as well
2: um well, the greatest right, or, uh, the greatest award for the odd man out is convincing the other two
0: Right, absolutely. I and mean, if you can do a good job of convincing the other two, then then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one to you. And so and luckily I control the bracket on this side and this is the final bracket. So whatever I punch in here is, is what goes. So bracket yeah, that's, that's just how it has to happen. Um all right, the next Matchup is the Necronomicon versus Samhain. So Necronomicon is from the Evil Dead franchise. It is the book that you read out of and that incites and brings on evil. And Samhain is um, the little uh, spirit of Halloween, essentially, who, if you don't follow Halloween traditions, uh, he comes to your house and kills you. So I, I've talked a little bit on the first two and going first, does anybody else want to go first on this one?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll jump right in and just say that I think the Necronomicon wins hands down. Just because, Agreed. Chuck, you know, um, Sam is only active one night of the year, right? Like 24 mm-hmm. hours, Sam is okay. doing his, his cutesy little gimmicky evil, right? On the handful of people who disrespect the spirit of Halloween. And then he's done. The Necronomicon, you read pretty much anything out of it, and the world is, like, doomed. So... Even if Sam and the Necronomicon were running at the same time and Sam like wandered into a world where the Necronomicon was like active, he, I don't think he would be able to track it down and destroy it in the time of one one night. Like, I don't right. think he would figure it out and figure out what was going on quickly enough to stop
2: it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unlo- Sorry, go for it, Matt. Oh, all I was going to uh, add on to that is with Sam, there is a way to uh, not necessarily defeat him, but overcome him, and that's follow the rules. Necronomicon right. does not have any rules except do not read. Once you open it, and if you read, you you're you've already doomed. yep right. But right. if you spend the night in the cabin and you see something interesting, you pick it up and read it. That's just the rules.
0: Yeah. I'm with both of you on this one too. I, I like Sam a lot. And, uh, and it's, in terms it's a great har- character,
2: a great villain, uh, very original, um, you know, for, yeah. I mean, there've been so many movies, so many horror movies, so many iconic villains that have been created and done to death before trick or treat came out. Mm-hmm. And nowadays where we are in a spot where a lot of reboots, a lot of reimagination <laughs> is more clear And originality is very hard to come by nowadays. Right. I'm with both of you on this one. I think
0: we should get it to Necronomicon. For sure. All right. Last in the last of the Northwest bracket, we have Chucky versus Critters. And so Chucky's from the Child's Players franchise and Critters. Well, they're from the Critters franchise. So uh, Matt or Max, do you want want to take this one away and see if you can Give us your your opening opening statements.
1: Yeah, and this is the first this is the first topic where I think we're really going to have some division among us, honestly. Because I'm going to vote Chucky. I'm going to say like I think I think a devilish little doll who just gets joy out of harming things is going to win out against a bunch of like rabid gerbils, right? I think this is like, like Chucky's ideal killing ground. Is like here's a bunch of things that are trying to out evil me. Well, I'll show them, and then he just systematically eliminates them, like this seems like Chucky's like his dream. And even if the critters manage to destroy his body, like the soul of the curse lives on, right? So there's there's no real way for them to win because he's perpetual. So in my mind, Chucky definitely wins out in this matchup. What
0: do you think, Matt? Are you going to go with Chucky or critters? Uh, uh.
2: See, it, that's a really tough one because on one hand... I mean, I believe it was Critters 2 when a couple of critters got one of the assassins separated and they were able to overcome him and destroy him. A hunter that is trained to destroy these, uh, these critters, they were able to kill him, even though he was in the form of a girl. Uh, of course, I don't know if those assassins actually had a male or female differential, but that was the form he took. And it's tough because in numbers, the critters would probably win. But at the same time, like you said, Chucky's perpetual. You just destroy the body. That doesn't necessarily destroy the soul. And we've seen that several times over the past couple of decades.
0: So what do you think about their reach here? Because I feel like the critters have a reach of doing far more damage overall than, than Chucky does is in, in a, in a longer
2: lasting time where
0: if the critters... Well, they have
2: technology to blow up a barn. They have spaceships. <laughs> they are able to do mass uh, mass chaos. They can uh, bind in a giant ball and just take over towns. So I will say if you gave each of these characters an hour to destroy a town, it wouldn't take the critters very long, whereas Chucky would get a couple of kills in.
1: Yeah. And in my mind, a lot of these competitions happen, like, over an expanse of time much larger than that, which I think is, like, in the scope of humanity, right? Like, when you talk about human experience, it's so short mm-hmm. and so fleeting that, that like,
2: th-
1: things that are scary to us often happen quickly. Um, but, like, I feel like when I think about, like, who would torment generations? Like, I feel like, you know, are you going to – who are you going to be able to kill first, the the demon or the invading swarm of raccoons, right? The invasive mm-hmm. species. Like, it's. I mean, yes, they're obnoxious, but you can probably figure out a way to coordinate and wipe them off.
0: So in, refresh me on the rules of, of Chucky 2. So does, does his soul immediately get transposed into a different doll, to a different
1: place, or does it take a while for him to to really ramp back up again? It depends on the iteration. There's been a couple of reboots. There's been a number of different movies, and each one kind of treats it differently. Okay. Um but each of them is like the idea is that the curse is what in the original movie, the curse is what made this doll come to life, right is like this tortured man's soul um, basically instead of going to hell was like put into the spirit of this doll instead. So when you talk about like the anger of this person being killed off with the body, like there are times where the body is destroyed and the 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 rampage is is s- slowed. Right, Like it'll peter off for a while, but eventually something happens to bring it back, whether it's some human meddling or the spirit finding another like
2: vessel or whatever. Yeah, I feel mm. like uh, with <clears throat> I feel like with Chucky, there's not there has, because of the reboots and because of how many different uh, sequels there have been, it's hard to really pinpoint one specific rule. That brings him back, uh, which yeah. basically opens up many possibilities for stuff that we haven't even thought of. That's for the filmmakers to decide.
0: Yeah, I, I think originally I was sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to cut you off. If you saw more to oh, say, that's it. No, that's no, I was
2: done. Cool.
0: I think for me, I, I I was I had critters up here. I had critters above Chucky. That was my original bracket. But uh, but I, I I think I'm coming around to to Matt's. And Matt, I think Matt or Max is so the MMs. and ms and they can come around to the red m M&M, and um, and his uh, stylings of Chucky over the critters. So I think my vote here goes goes to Chucky. So, Matt, what do you think?
2: Oh, My vote was definitely for Chucky, but I was okay. also giving a uh, kind of a, another look into how critters would uh, benefit or how the critters would work um, as a toe to toe with this competition. But with that said, I still think that Chucky has the edge. I think so,
0: too. I really think the in, in perpetuity of him kind of just, you know, I think Matt, Max is right here. The longer term effects of Chucky is going to be far more damaging. And to be, you're talking about also kind of a a otherworldly terror versus everybody owns a doll, you know, like the very mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. aspect of like your toys coming to life, you know, maybe not small soldier style, but like your toys coming to life, murdering and killing you. And so that's terrifying. That's still small soldier style. You know, <laughs> it, it, it is as Chuck a little more menacing than small soldiers. Because not maybe not because of their application, but because of the tone of those movies, just because small soldiers is a straight comedy.
1: Chip, <laughs> Chip Hazard was deeply menacing. Tommy Lee Jones looking, <laughs> looking like guile from street fighter, trying to murder human beings was scary as heck to me because I had so many action figures as a kid. Do you think Chucky or um,
0: or Chip would be the leader in this situation? If, oh, absolutely if all, Chucky. If they came together. I think so too, yeah. Uh, Chucky with but a little would- army of... There should be a crossover but- of Chucky and Small Soldiers where Chucky leads the army of small soldiers. That movie needs to happen.
2: But then again, would Chucky want to lead? Yeah, that's true. No,
1: but I think the soldiers would want to follow <laughs> That's a great argument. <laughs> and I think I think after Chucky Chucky backslapped chip into the dryer and closed it and just set it on perpetual spin like I think the soldiers would be like, "Okay, you're the general now.
0: <laughs> yep, we will follow." <laughs> it's the yeah, the reluctant leader. Oh, I like it. Okay, cool. So, here's the next step. Do we want to just keep going down and just start start doing the other bracket or do you want to finish this one and get our winner of this single Section, or do you want to talk about the other one through eight on the lower side of the left? I'm, I'm happy to keep, keep going. Yeah, let's keep going down the list. Okay, cool. So our next our next bracket is the Southwest bracket um, on the left hand side. It is number one seed Freddy Krueger versus number eight seed Annabelle. And so Freddy Krueger is from the Nightmare on Elm Street, and Annabelle is mostly. I don't know where her origination came from, but I, I do know it's mostly from the Conjuring series, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, she so originally appeared in the first conjuring movie as like one of the background details. Okay. They were just like giving examples of something that they had experienced in terms of possession. And then it, it the conjuring proved so popular that they needed a spin-off, and that one had actually been named in the movie, so they were like, Well do you use that. Yep.
0: Cool. Um I am going to argue very hard for Freddy Krueger here, um, and I, I don't necessarily have to get into. I think I want to save some of my bigger arguments once we get, you know, closer to maybe him facing Pinhead or Candyman or some of these other folks. Uh, but what do I you think? think uh, I mean,
2: those those are uh, most of those arguments. Like you said, do not need to be used right now for Annabelle. I think no. that it's uh, pretty clear who would come on who comes on top, both in. Uh cultural impact and um breach alone.
0: Yeah, I, I think yeah, and well I'll get into it further down the line with Freddie, but as 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 Max said so eloquently last week, you, you could stop Annabelle by closing the glass cupboard on her. You know, and you can't do that with Freddy. So you're smiling, Max. What do you, what do you want? Do you want anything to say on top of this, or should I just type in Freddy here?
1: Well, no. I was just, so I really try hard in each of these matchups to like think about it from the underdog perspective. Think about like how could Annabelle overcome Freddy? And the you know you you beat Freddy by making people forget, right? But the problem is we're all like all human beings have nightmares. We mm-hmm. all have terrible experiences. We all have trauma. And trauma and grief are not things you ever forget. They are things you learn to live with. Right. Right. So like you could try to make people forget and Annabelle might succeed in sort of ebbs and flows, but Freddie would always come back. And eventually Freddie would just be like, I'm sick of this and like shove her into a closet and close the door and then it's over.
2: Yeah. I feel like even if you had a nightmare about Annabelle, Freddy Krueger would still come out on, on top.
0: He, yes. Yeah, he could be in that nightmare, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think I do think we should we should put Freddy here Freddy here on top. Because so.
1: we don't forget, right? Like, we always yeah. have those nightmares about that one awful thing we said back in middle school, that one time that keeps us awake until 3 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Yep,
0: yep, yep. No, you're absolutely right. All right. Before we start getting into more about Freddy, because I don't want to save some of this for some of our more intense battles. Let's let's move on, because we know Freddy is here. Freddy moved on to the second round. Number four, number five, we have Pinhead from the Hellraiser series. And then we have Candyman from Handyman. And so, um, Max, I'm going to pull you out on this one particularly. Can you talk on this one a little bit to start with? Because. These are probably the two movies out of everything we have here that I I, I know as far as the lore behind the villains the least amount, um, and, and so yes, and I, with I feel with you or Max or Matt or the Eminem. you guys talk about this for a second, and I will jump in when I can.
1: Matt, Matt, if you have thoughts, I would love to hear yours because I have some very strong opinions, but I don't want to. I don't want to always lead with them.
2: Well, I would like you to start uh, because I'm not. I'm kind of. I'm kind of on a toss. Not only are both of these fantastic villains, uh, they are riddled with fantastic dialogue uh, mm-hmm. written by the same person, of course. Yeah. Um, and they're just—it's—it's uh, it's kind of like a Freddy versus Jason kind of thing. I don't know. So why don't you take take the reins on this in the beginning? Yeah. Well, I'm in the same boat, which is why I was like hoping to punt to some... <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: so
1: sorry. Really, no, be it's fine. I think what's really interesting about this dynamic is that the inherent um, sort of complementary nature of each existence, right? Which is why it's it's going to be really hard to pinpoint a winner in this in this head to head. Pinpoint. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can, I, I'm I'm raising hell over here with these jokes. Uh, I'm slapping knees. <laughs> <laughs> So, Pinhead is from the Hellraiser series and embodies like sadomasochism, right? The idea is that they they are from a species of extraterrestrials who who are like beyond time and space, and they thrive on and and feed off of pain, right? Whereas yes. can, Candyman is the cumulative source. Of the pain of black human beings, people in black and brown bodies, in the slave-driven Western world, right? And so it's like, you've got this one component of evil that's like, I I love your pain. And this other component of evil that's like, I am pain, right? And so you've got the thing that feeds on pain and the thing that is pain. And I think... I think ultimately, and this is actually a surprise win for me in this bracket, because this is not, when I first sat down to think about this bracket myself, this is not the way I saw myself going. But I honestly think the Candyman wins here. Because. <coughs> and that, go on. I was just going to say, because pain will exist for longer than what they call the, the Cenobites. Right there, yeah. the yeah. Cenobites. That's yeah. their That's their race. Yeah.
2: And uh, I think pinhead,
1: pain, out, pain outlives. Yeah, pinhead
2: them. is uh, oh for sure, absolutely. Um, and another thing about their we they they both have kind of a similar weakness. Whereas for in order for the Cenobites, uh, you know, to gain pleasure from pain, uh, they have to have a victim. They have to mm-hmm. have uh, they have to have the box opened. They have to be called. You know, yeah. they're basically you know with with Candyman his weakness is similar to Freddy Krueger in that uh, you know you pretty much have to forget the tale Uh, but that's the beautiful thing about pain like you were talking about is that people are always going to be discussing it it's always going to be a discussion out there so I feel like in that form uh, between the two of their weaknesses at least I feel like Candyman has the edge in uh, staying relevant yeah
0: Yeah, I think my only and you guys can correct me on this if I am off base here, too. So at the end of end of Candyman and we're going to by the way, this is going to be max spoilers. We're not holding anything back with any of these movies. So, you know, we
1: expect you all to have watched this or to just not care if we're spoiling anything for you. If you haven't seen Candyman and Hellraiser, pause it and go watch those movies and then come back and listen. Yes, exactly. And
0: uh, uh, that just goes for all of these. If any of these intriguing to you and you haven't seen them, you can press that pause button, go watch that movie and then come back, you, you know, it to yourself. <laughs> yeah, please do. So here, here's my thing with Candyman, because originally I had I had Pinhead coming ahead on this one um, because I, I don't see. So in, in the original Candyman, Candyman ends up turning in, into Helen, right? Like that's the new. Beer. it's no longer candy man are we are we talking that the, the I, I know max is kind of i can see you kind of shaking your head a little bit or you know in, in a so so way but like the, you know are we saying helen has now become the new candy man i think that's where my only ar- my only argument against this and why putting the pinhead ahead which pinhead's not really going away versus Candyman, and you'll have different iterations of it so if we want to stick like are we going to put whoever's essentially is Candyman like James Bond? It, like, can you put a new person in there every single time and it's just that new iteration of what that thing is and that will always continue? Or are we saying Candyman exists on its own and once Candyman is over and now the new villain has become Helen, it, is she a villain on, on herself in, in like a separate category or is she just a continuation of what Candyman was? Does that make sense?
2: It does yes. make sense. I, I think I will say that. Um, Helen kind of became her own separate villain uh, because, you know, she went after the X after he, if correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, said her name five times while he mm-hmm. was grieving. Yeah. So I think that was kind of like, she k- kind of obtained her own legend. Okay. Because there are, there are Candyman sequels. And it's not like she necessarily like took up the reins. Took
1: over? Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's it's very much a situation of she was not, she did not inherit the, the, the mantle. She was absorbed into the story, right? Okay. Which is what that whole image of her face on the wall represents is the notion that she is now a part of this structure that's so much larger than her, right? She's, she's She there. is an extension
2: of Candyman and his legend.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. She almost becomes like another limb to help revive him. Right. She is like, she becomes like this component of his existence. So anytime like her friends or family remember her, they remember the story of what she was investigating. Right. And so it, through her memory and through her life, his existence is perpetuated.
0: Okay. All right. That's fair. I'm, and I will, I will move on. And I think we're all in agreement here now that we're going to move on Candyman. Um, on this one, and and, and leave Pinhead in, in the dust. Yeah, um, this is great. Both of the five seeds have beaten out the four seeds so far in the bracket, and I really like that. That's that's. that's <laughs> I'm, only... as, I'm as surprised as anybody. It's my only two upsets we have so far. The next one is very much so dealing with kind of what we were talking about, but not so supernatural as an extraterrestrial. Um, when we were talking about Norman Bates and Tallman, but it is Predator from the Predator franchise and Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. And and so this is one of those situations where I would look at kind of what I was talking about earlier of the likelihood of you running into one of these creatures is you would... The fear I would have of Jigsaw to me is far greater than the fear I would have of of Predator. Uh, But... What do you guys think about that one? I, I kind of think Jigsaw may be my, my pick on this one.
2: That's that's a real tough one uh, because, on a in a realistic sense, that does makes that does uh, hold water. Uh, you know, one would be much more terrified of, um, you know, essentially being kidnapped and put into this situation of judgment yeah but, i think go on, go on please oh i was gonna say
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think more more on, on what matt max was talking about earlier today too uh if you look at the amount of damage that they both can do over amount of time is unless somebody takes up the mantle of jigsaw which we have seen doesn't quite work out you know it never really is the exact same as what jigsaw originally wanted and originally had planned like the second iteration of jigsaw and how he passes that on, never works out the same way of his original ideas and his original machinations towards what he wants. And so I think over amount of time, the predator would, because it's a you know it's a whole race of creatures that are these elite warriors. they we will if they attack Earth together, I think they would do far more damage and cite far more fear than, than jigsaw would. But jigsaw on the individual level to me, does strike more fear in me, and I'd be much more afraid of running into someone like Jigsaw than I would a Predator. Although, just of the nature of the Saw movies, Jigsaw does always, is as, as hard as it may be, give you a way out uh, of your situation, which the
2: Predator, I don't think, would. So, Well, also, to that point, you kind of have to be a sh- person to be afraid of Jigsaw. Like, you kind of have to do something ill favored and also have somebody know about it whereas whereas i feel like it you know if you're in a situation where the predator is nearby i mean they're they're hunters they're gonna they're gonna hunt you because of because of what you are
0: yeah i'm with you on that one the only thing about jigsaw is, is is you don't necessarily have to be a terrible person just a terrible person you have to transgress something that jigsaw sees as a transgression that's you know true that it's all about
2: what his definition of the action would be excuse my language exactly.
0: yeah no max already ruined that today for the podcast so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't um, know Max, what do you think about this one? So there's two separate issues here that we've talked about previously that I want to bring up again. And the first is like when we talk about Predator, are we talking about one Predator like in the first movie where a Predator comes to our planet to hunt? Right. Or are we talking about Predator as the race, as this tribal hunter class that exists solely to test themselves against the most Dangerous game in the universe, in the galaxy, right? Yeah, and we can all vote on what we want to. I, I
0: kind of would think it's more of a because uh, we're talking about villains. And, and I, I, correct me if I'm, I don't know. Are the are the second, third, fourth Predator movies? Do they deal with like several
1: Predators at the, the second? Time? The second one deals with one, but after that you start getting into multiples. That's, that's when multiples. you start branching out into the
2: yeah, and, and species. It's, I think that's I think, why it's called Predator, and then the sequels are like Predators. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah so
0: we should probably define that i would be more apt to to say it's a singular villain of of how it's presented in the original movie versus what it ends up being because a lot of these other ones that we're talking about the original like critters right facing one critter is not necessarily that scary if you're any good at kicking a soccer ball you may be able to survive that one you know facing off one predator you you you, i don't know I, i i what's your vote i mean my vote would be maybe a singular predator because yeah, that's most of the time what
1: you're yeah i absolutely agree i just okay. think it's important to like point out for the audience like when we talk about predator we're not necessarily talking about like a whole spaceship full of aliens comes to the planet and some emo dude with access to some you know sadomasochistic traps puts them in them right so um, they up um, a rap battle that. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you can probably hear in my tone from that, like, where I'm headed in this bracket. But, like, the other thing that's important to remember is that Predator is any, a, a thing out there coming for you. There's no maliciousness. There's no evil. It is just testing itself. Right. right. So the Predator is testing itself. So the Predator is an external threat. Jigsaw is a mirror jigsaw is an internal threat jigsaw forces you to look at yourself and decide what matters more to you right and by and large people are more afraid than they are resolved and so you know bad things happen mm-hmm. um, but most of us have done things bad and done bad things and like the the notion of like am I so really this this bracket for me boils down to am I more afraid of something else Something alien, something external, or am I more afraid of myself? And the answer And the is, decisions Absolutely, I am more afraid of an alien with a laser blaster on his <laughs> shoulder. Oh my gosh. Man, if you if you ask me, like you can be hunted by a predator or you can saw your own leg off, I'd be like, give me the saw, give it to give me, me right saw. now. I'm yeah. done. You know, like give me a fifth of bourbon, let's go, dude. I do not care. I've seen those movies. I want the saw. I,
0: I think to me, honestly, as much as like, I'm like, I would be a, like, I think Jigsaw probably presents a more real fear to me than predator does. I, I, I kind of like the, if Jigsaw never had an ability to let you off, like to, to give you a way out, um I, I would be more apt to put Jigsaw ahead of predator, but I, I do. I think, I just, just, I don't think you have a chance against Predator. Like, it's, it's, there's just nothing that there's nothing that me as a person could do to to beat Predator. I, I there's just I would and just him lurking out there, knowing that he's coming for me.
1: It, it, yeah, and I, that, I, that's Jigsaw's whole thing, right? Is he finds these weaselly people who have done crappy stuff and then traps them, right? Because they don't mm-hmm. know what's coming, right? If this were if they were both in a movie, I imagine like the predator would be hunting like his real prey and the person who is jigsaw would be like skulking around some back alley be like oh, he did a bad thing. I'm going to and then the building would explode and fall down on top of him because the predator had been chasing somebody else and and blown up the building, right? Yeah. So like Yeah. It's just not even a contest for me.
2: And I will say also with uh you know with if we're going by the Alien versus Predator, an alien, one single xenomorph, would easily destroy us, and they hunt that. They they, they use that as a form of training. So yeah. not only are we going to get into the fact of that, in reality, humans are actually just very poorly skilled species. <laughs> like, we have, <laughs> we're easily damaged. We have awful eyesight, <laughs> let alone sense of smell. Predator...
1: You our technology know. and our resilience are our two greatest assets. Exactly, Predator, like, our, like our, Predator yeah, beats on exactly. both of those. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: all right, sweet. That's it's pretty consensus then that Predator moves ahead on this. I, I thought Yay. there was a little bit of an argument for Jigsaw there, and I I, I tried a little bit, but but really it's Predator.
2: Yeah. Uh, on this one, I mean, um, it's a, it was it's an weird. admirable attempt, but at least it was uh, got some good discussion going on. Oh, that's the point of this. I just want to be able to discuss these.
0: It's the whole it's that's where you find the meat of the interesting part. And we hope that you enjoy that as well. Um, So this is fascinating. Fascinating. um, Because (laughs) this is our first matchup of two. Mortal beings like one of them is not clearly more indestructible than the other one. And that is Hannibal Lecter from the Hannibal series. um, And then Cropsey uh, from the burning. And so um, I am going to put my vote towards Hannibal on this one. I think they are both very evil creatures. um, And I think I am much more terrified of Hannibal because you have somebody that's hyper intelligent coming after you who likes wants to eat you. You know, Cropsy just wants to kill you and kind of get revenge. And Hannibal has much more of a purpose, I feel. At, at, even so, not like, I don't know, I, I'm a, I'm I'm giving it to Hannibal on this one.
1: And it's important to point out, too, that these are both humans, right? The, That's like, what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, they're both mortal
0: humans. Like this is our first matchup of essentially human versus human. And yeah. so there's more argument that I could see that that Cropsey. But I think the the amount of intelligence that Hannibal has outweighs what, what Cropsey can do for you.
1: I definitely agree, honestly. And I I wish, so when I think about, when I think about brute strength versus intelligence, I'm always reminded of that scene from the first Avengers movie where Loki is mouthing off at Hulk, right? And Loki is fiercely intelligent and conniving and smart. And the Hulk is just like, shut up. And like bangs him around a little bit, right? Like your intelligence doesn't matter in the face of brute strength, but Hannibal is not exclusively smarmy. He is fiendishly intelligent. And when you talk about Hannibal versus Cropsey, you're talking about evil, right? Like raw evil, like a wanton disregard for human life. Right. Versus reactionary emotionalism, right? It's like, I'm angry. Like, we've all been angry. And then that eventually goes away. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I don't care about other people except as food. That's, that's way scarier to me. Yeah. I agree way scarier because there's also and it's that sort of like gross concept that ties into like issues around trigger warning here um, around like rape is the idea that like this is this is a violation of the sanctity of life and this other person desires that Mm -hmm. possession that connection that personal pleasure fulfillment from the act whereas Cropsey is just like I stab people. Which yeah. is not quite as, quite as, um, sort I of think, f- f- t- wounding, right? Like, yeah. it's not as lasting.
0: And I also think, like, Cropsey has a very specific purpose to get revenge on that on that camp, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, that campsite. Like, that's what he wants to do, is get revenge mm-hmm. there. Whereas Hannibal doesn't have that purpose. He's, mm-hmm. he has the, like, oh, I will won- you I, I, I went through and I watched all the Hannibal movies just to like refresh myself on all of this and just the flippant comments of just well maybe I'll eat her maybe I won't you know mm-hmm. just like you know like you can tell there's something going on behind there that's a little bit you know like it's that I think Hannibal really perfects that that line between genius and and maniac you know like where you're not quite sure which Hannibal you're going to get but you know they're both coinciding and like cohesively working together. And that terrifies me.
2: Well, another thing to uh, add on to, especially for Hannibal, is that, um, I mean, his his whole, you know, philosophy is, you know, based on his contempt for for other people, mm-hmm. and like you said, you know, Cropsy is just like getting revenge for being wronged. And also, I'd like to point out that he was in a hospital for five years. So how strong can he really be? He's probably not that <laughs> intelligent to begin with. Being a ac- uh, the you know, a keeper of grounds for a uh, summer camp <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, yeah. And the fact that like, as you just said um, in the, in the, not, not silence of the lambs, but the, the Hannibal movie and the Hannibal book, like the, the one he, he, he kills and eats somebody because they played a piece of music in a, in an orchestra, not to his liking. And exactly. so he attacked that person. And like, he, you know, he kind of is a much more like, a more, I don't want to say random, but like he is more easily set off than a jigsaw is and has more intelligence. And, and I, I don't think there's any contest here to me. I think Hannibal has to be moved forward.
1: Yeah. If like I just imagine like watching horror movies with Hannibal and him being the one screaming at the screen that they're making stupid decisions. Right. Like if if Cropsey was coming after Hannibal, Hannibal would just be like burn the entire city down. Yeah. Right. He's, he's gone. 300,000 other people are gone. It doesn't matter. I'm safe.
0: Moving yep. on.
1: Yep. Nope. I agree.
0: And we are moving on. That ends the first round for the left side, the threatening thirty-two. And so let's let's jump into this. Won't we'll, won't take too much longer to break these down into unless we're really gonna start get I mean, we're gonna get in some discussions here. So <laughs> this this begins our sinister sixteen on this side. And so the first matchup we have a number one seed Michael Myers against the number five seed tall man and i'm gonna be honest with you on this occasion and i in my own bracket i put tallman above michael myers here and i have tallman winning on this one and and i think they're both immortal creatures they are both superhuman you know on top of that and have more power but michael myers is still confined to like like he doesn't have an army that can come after you like Tallman can. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have a sphere. He has a knife or can whatever he feels like he needs to kill you with. And, and and Michael tends to have a purpose and a goal and goes after that goal and does kill whatever gets in his way of that goal. But he still has that goal. Where tall man accepts every killing, anything that comes towards him. So my vote for here is, is tall man over Michael Myers. So what do you guys think?
2: To go on, to, uh, well, to really, ah, to keep speaking on what you were saying <laughs> is the thing about Michael Myers is that he's only active one night of the of the year. Kind of to go back on Sam, like, mm-hmm. um, and his main goal, like you were saying, is to go after Laurie Strode or well, whoever family member he's after in that movie, that right. installment. Right. But even so. Tall Man, not only does he have more reso- re- more resources and a broader range for his target, he also has the ability to take people that have just died from unrelated reasons of the Tall right. Man and turn them into one of his minions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think Tall Man here is really, really the way we have to go, Matt. Max had to step out for, for a hot second. So I do want to pause on this for a little bit, because I do want to get his opinions on Tallman versus Michael Myers. And I know he'll be back soon. And, okay. And so, um, but while, while we wait on, on, um, on, on Matt, to, Matt, Max, gosh, I told you I was going to get it wrong all the time. I went on Max to come back and kind of, do you have anything more you want to share about Mike? I, I mean, to me, I think Tallman wins it here. I, it's just like, just as you said, you know, like it's, you know, there are so many more resources he has, and he is. You know, I mean, if, correct me if I'm wrong on this one too. Isn't Tallman is 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 a does he have his own dominion world that he resides over, or is it a, a partition of hell? I think it's his own world that he resides over, right?
2: Uh, that I'm not certain of. I know that they do have um, the the portal to the different dimension where all of his minions are. You know they're they're working they're uh, they're moving the canisters, uh, and they they do visit that world. So mm-hmm. it it might be I mean it's tough to say exactly what it is uh, unless it actually is written down and I'm yeah. not aware of it. Um, maybe but it's, even maybe so, it's- but even, even so, even without that, he like like I said, you know, Tall Man is clearly taking what he can, what's around him for his own benefit. And Michael wakes up for one night of the year to go after his family. (laughs) Now, I know that that got a little bit more into the sequels where in tech, uh, in uh, Halloween five, he fell asleep for a year and then uh, at the end of four, and then woke back up the following Halloween. But even so, he was basically in. He was confined for a majority of the the time that these movies range. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I, I, cer- I think,
0: go, yeah. On, go for it, Max. No, no. I was no, just no, gonna
1: I, say I, it circles back to like the concept, the fight we had about Michael Myers versus Annie Wilkes. Like the concession argument I made, where it's like I can see a reality in which Annie could somehow trap Michael. Um, tall man could absolutely trap Michael. Oh, right. yeah. Michael, Michael would be coming after him and might, like, get a good nick or two in on him. Um, and then Tallman would be like, take him away. And, like, a swarm of undead minions would, like, lock him up somehow. And even if Michael spent the rest of eternity just, like, stabbing through the minions to try to get at Tallman, Tallman would be able to bring, create them faster than Michael could kill them. Yes, I agree.
0: I- I'm with mm-hmm. you on this one. I th- I think we have yeah. our first big upset of, of the game here.
1: Yeah, this reminds me a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it did, too. Honestly, this in my own bracket, I, I had Tom and going going on top of Michael and I was just like, yeah, I think we have a five seed beating a one seed Halloween slasher slasher original gone down.
1: Yeah, that's disappointing for me because obviously Halloween, the original is like my favorite horror movie of all time. So it's sad to see, but it's it's true.
0: Yeah, we, we we yeah, it is. It absolutely is. All right. So um, the Necronomicon versus Chucky. I mean, this is going to be a tough fight against the Necronomicon, just because of what Max had talked about earlier. As of, you know, both of the, I don't know, like you know, I don't know enough about the Necronomicon like uh, lore on this one, maybe enough. But like, are there? I'm watching Evil Dead too, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. That's a great movie. Um, it's so good. Um, are there are there there are ways to stop Chucky? Even though in are there ways to stop the Necronomicon and end it and to keep that closed? I mean, just by I mean the start of Ash versus Evil Dead. It hadn't been going on for that while, and somebody else read from the book, you know. So there has to be ways to stop this eventually. Whereas you can't stop Chucky, like he will
2: always exist. That's that's actually a a good point, because considering that, due to lack of rights, the events of Army of Darkness is not considered canon in the Ash vs. Evil Dead series. Um, Only the first two Evil Dead movies are essentially referenced. So, basically, at the end of Evil Dead 2, where he, he goes back in time, but there's no resolution, so without Army of Darkness, one questions, how did he get back? and how was there no evil where did the evil pause so Mm -hmm. that is one thing but to be fair with the necronomicon it is a it is a portal to hell it is a portal to an interdimensional uh world where you know the the basically essence of evil um is released and that can be spread to you know any number of uh, people, you know, with the with the whole idea of the deadites digging up bodies, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas the voodoo in Chucky seem to only help hit, help him, uh, Charles, and that's kind of where the limitation lies. Because that's essentially, true. both of them are they're they're both spiritual horror. If they both use uh, essentially. Uh, some sort of language to activate the evil. So with that in mind, <laughs> it does seem like the Necronomicon in that aspect would be a little bit more, it uh, would be over Chucky.
0: Yeah. And I, and maybe one more thing on the Necronomicon for me to, you know, looking at this is we read one passage out of that book, you know, What's there to say? What other passages lie there? You know, can we can we go down that path of saying there is so much more not explored the Necronomicon that could incite more evil, more death, more of that? And so, where Chucky is very very limited to 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 his ability to move around and
2: to inanimate objects as he does. Here's another point too with the whole stopping of evil. If we're just going off of the original movie, he burned the book. And it ended with, you know, the force of evil, you know, attacking him. So just by that alone, even though when they, uh, they did a recap of Evil Dead 2, they did, you know, obviously didn't show him burning the book for obviously obvious reasons. Um, But just by that alone, it's almost as if once it's released, it can't be put back in the box. Right. Yeah,
1: the the Necronomicon. So for me, what's... Really, this boils down to is like the Necronomicon is the book of the damned, right? So it is all it is an accumulation of knowledge, right? Of spells and incantations to invoke and manipulate the damned, like all of them. Whereas Chucky is a damned, right? Like right. he is one one angry soul versus the capacity to in, to summon all of them so for me necronomicon wins across the board like it's it's it because even if you destroy the book like it's not it's not what the book is that is evil it's what the book contains and that book contains knowledge knowledge that may exist other places right and that's where the name comes from is from the hp lovecraft necronomicon which is like this uh, accumulation of elders, eldritch sorcery and witchcraft used to, you know, manifest things that are fundamentally apathiosis to humanity. Right. So so the idea is that this is like anti-humanity versus one angry human spirit. It's like, mm-hmm. come on.
2: And to be fair, his voodoo basically allows him to transfer his spirits from body to body. It doesn't necessarily give him any sort of other, uh, otherworldly strengths.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, right. We never see Chucky casting Fireball. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, he's not, you know, killing people and then turning them into his minions. Is, Is there a
0: world that exists where you can burn the book and then kill all the dead knights and stop it? Well,
2: actually, to be fair, you know, now that you th- you, you spoke, of that, um, Max, about how it's basically a book uh, filled with spells and knowledge. It's not like the book itself is the portal to hell. The book just mm-hmm. gives you the knowledge to open up that portal. If you burn it, mm-hmm. you're just burning a book. You're burning knowledge. But if it's already open, you also burn the knowledge to close it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, so I think, Aaron, that world that you talk about is there a world? I think that's the world that Ash is fighting for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes him so admirable. Um, I'm not sure it exists. Certainly, yeah. I'm a lot less afraid of an angry doll than I am of,
2: you know, portals to hell. <laughs> yes. Nope. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm to demons with... and then trying to kill me. Uh huh. Yeah,
0: I'm with you there on that one. All right, let's move it forward. Necronomicon, yep. stamping it. Number three seed beating number two seed. Let's move on to Freddy versus Candyman. I have <coughs> thoughts on this one, but I want to hear what you guys have to say first. Talk to me about who do you think would take over this one, Freddy or Candyman?
2: Hmm.
1: So this is basically, really tough.
2: you're looking at. You're looking at the battle between your nightmares and – oh, I lost my train of thought for a split second. Um, I guess mytholo- mythology? Yeah, like fear and pain, right?
1: Like yeah. Really, really fundamental human Suffering. psychology. Yeah. So it's like which is worse? Which is which is more frightening? Which is more terrifying? Is it is it is fear scarier or is like the pain of experience scarier? Which is a fundamental question at the heart of horror movies, right? Is are we looking at a supernatural horror or are we looking at slashers? Like mm-hmm. they they address this issue all the time.
0: Um so let me ask ask you guys a question. Uh, maybe you can narrow some of this down for me here, because I, I originally i i'm i'm starting to think differently than I thought when I first set up my bracket, and that's scary because one of these people made it all the way for me, and so i I, I would like to ha- have a question out to everybody: Is uh, does can to me, Freddie? You can't escape him. There is no escape. You can't go to sleep to escape him because he's there and you can't wake up to escape him because he's there. And oftentimes he melds your own thought process of what you think is real versus what you think is not real. And that weird kind of like, are you in the dream state? Are you not in the dream state? And you can die in both of those and be hurt in both of those things. Does Candyman have that same reach and that same power? Does Does he have that ability to... To in, infiltrate you that way, that same that same way that that Freddy does.
2: I mean yeah. the war, the the whole power of uh, Candyman is word of mouth,
1: basically. Like Freddy,
2: yeah. Um, now, well, I, well, I don't. I'm sorry, I I I don't want to no. lose my train
0: of thought, Matt. On this, no, go for it. If Can- Candyman's power is, is word of mouth versus Freddy's power is not necessarily a spoken but a a fear and an evil, like on the inside of what you like have. So if you, you know, here's my thing. You can have evil thoughts or the fear that incites Friday to come visit you or visit your town. If you don't say Canyon man's name five times in front of a mirror, he's not showing up. So, I, you know, like you can prevent one from even showing up versus even though he's always there, and he always has the ability to show up like you can't stop Freddie that same way. Like there's nothing that you can do to really stop Freddie from coming after you. If those fears are there
1: it's and that's true that of, you have to invoke Candyman and you don't have to invoke Freddie. And that's kind of why I think
0: Freddie, for me, even though I to me, this is honestly really tough, like I can kind of go either way. But that's the kind of difference between I see Freddie and Candyman where I, w- I would give Freddie the nod on this one.
2: That's true. I mean, the only other way besides putting yourself in that situation is if you were nearby somebody who decided to put themselves in that situation. Right. Uh, Right. For example, um, the woman whose baby was stolen and uh, whose you know dog perished. You know, she wasn't necessarily the one um, that said Candyman five times. She was affected because of Ellen's choices or Helen's choices. That's true.
0: I think you could argue the same way on Freddy as well. though. Well, yeah, I mean,
2: I wasn't. I mean, honestly, like from the argument that was, you know, bestowed upon us, it does seem like Freddy has the edge with that.
1: The, now, there's here's the- another
2: thing too. With with, I'm so sorry for interrupting, uh, Max, but um, another thing with Freddy is that he decides to come to you and it and isn't until he isn't until his, the the fear is strong enough for him to actually start doing some real damage so as long as he gives you that first nightmare well you and your friends that first nightmare he's already on the right path
1: yeah once you know about both of them that's kind of it for you right exactly and the only real difference is that knowing about freddy is enough to be a conduit for him. And with Candyman, you have to know about him and then also invoke him with the bloody. You got to know ritual. how to bring him.
2: Yeah, exactly. You have to know how to bring him forth. Yeah. But I'd say, uh, Oh, cool. That, we got a, bite. Never goes away. Yeah.
1: He never goes away. Right. And that's, that's one of the things that I think is, is so tough for me in this matchup is like, neither of them really can be defeated per se. Yeah. Right? They are both eternal and interestingly, both eternal because of each other. Right? Like the 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 fear and the trauma that Freddie embodies perpetuates the pain and the agony of existence that Candyman is retributive for. So Like it's kind of a symbiotic relationship between them almost, and so it's really it's really hard to say which one wins because they kind of need each other. Um, If I had to, if I had to drop one, I would say I honestly feel like Candyman is because I think like I think pain pain happens even if you're not afraid, right? Like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator is not afraid. Um, He gets grazed with bullets and shot and blown up and hurt and he feels pain even when he doesn't feel afraid. And I think pain is something that supersedes fear in a lot of situations because you can, you can learn to not be afraid. You can train yourself to not be afraid. You can train yourself to forget uh, through various, you know, third party systems, (laughs) but you can't train yourself to not feel pain unless you're like a super villain with a bullet in your skull that like cut off your synaptic recessors or whatever. All right.
0: Let's leave James Bond out of this. Mm-mm. I will not that is my favorite James Bond movie of all time it is a good one actually I quite like that one
1: yeah and any anything that Sophie is in is just oh, delicious she's, she's so it good.
0: we're getting sidetracked I'm sorry you're right um, uh, uh, my vote's gonna be Freddie on this one
1: I vote Candyman but I will I will cede to Freddie if both of you vote for him
2: oh I don't like that
1: tiebreaker <laughs> Matt, that's why you're here. <laughs>
0: Man, I should have had you go for it, Matt. I should have had you go first. I'm happy to be the tiebreaker.
2: Well, that's the thing is, like, they both have very compelling arguments. Uh, I'm going to actually... Because because at the end of the day, what this is, is this is a bracket on the best villain, right? So while they are both very neck and neck, I'm going to give the edge to Freddy Krueger because a lot more, he's he's embedded in our, into our pop culture a lot more than Candyman and I think at the end of the day that's pretty much the biggest edge that one has over the other
1: right, I concede I have right. further thoughts on this after the session but I don't want to talk about them during the show so let's let's move on
0: <laughs> Freddie moves forward. We have our first real big disagreement here. This is exciting. Yes, I it, love it. It is because,
2: and, and it, it pains me to say it because Candyman is one of my favorite villains. Tony Todd, fantastic actor. They're both really hard. It was a hard decision. And I also hated yeah. that I had to be the tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad we're putting you in those situations.
0: Oh, it's um, fun. All right, so we have somebody who may be able to outsmart the predator versus somebody who. This Max, this is your brute strength versus intelligence argument. Predator versus Hannibal.
1: I definitely didn't plan that. Nod, nod, wink, wink. <laughs>
0: you know, I wanted. I wanted to mention here before we had this bracket finalized, and I moved um, the Xenomorph to a number one seed. I had Xenomorph here at a number two seed, and it would have lovely have brought in a alien versus predator rounds um but we may not ever get that one so go watch those movies you can watch those movies instead um yeah so we have predator versus hannibal here and you know it's i they're both terrifying and and i don't know i think the more If we're talking villains, evilness, I think Hannibal is more evil than Predator is just by the nature of what they are. Yes. Um, But I do feel like I would have less of a chance to survive against Predator than I would against Hannibal. Though Hannibal is a more evil creature. So I'm I'm kind of locked on this one by those arguments.
2: I feel like I would soil myself a lot quicker if Predator was in front of me versus Hannibal Lecter. However... Hannibal Lecter is definitely has uh, the the more evil feel to him.
1: Yeah, because like we talked about earlier, there's no maliciousness in the Predator, right? It's it's like exactly. It's not. It, it's just business, right? Like this is what we do. This is our culture. This is who we are. Um, they hunt. I, they kill. Honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's Predator all the way because. Um, what you're looking at really is, like, assassin versus tactician, mm-hmm. right? Like, Lecter's Lector's strengths lie in his s- sense of surprise, right? Like, his ability to, like, ambush his prey. You can't ambush the Predator because it's invisible until you know it's after you, right? So, right there, I feel like the Predator has the edge because Hannibal doesn't even know it exists. Yeah. And I'm I feel kinda- like anybody who's ever overcome the Predator... Like, their skills are martial, right? Their skills are in weaponry, in in reaction, in battle, right? Battle is where the Predator thrives. And once once Hannibal is in battle with the Predator, he's done. Yeah, for sure. Right? He's like a middle-aged white dude. Like, he's, he's scary to people who aren't expecting him, but, you know, it's hard for him to outwit, you know, it's hard to outwit a bullet.
0: That's kind of what I'm thinking. You can stop Hannibal with the bullets. You, you, you can't really stop Predator
1: with the bullets. Not, you know. Yeah, and even if you do, he nukes your city anyway.
0: Yeah. And so I'm with you, man. I think I think we got to give it to Predator here. And it's kind of a, you know, I'm 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 with Matt too. Hannibal is a more evil creature then Predator is absolutely mm-hmm. what would incite more fear if I was standing right in front of the two would absolutely be Predator. And I would be much more afraid to be stuck in a Predator movie than I would be stuck in one of the Hannibal movies.
1: Yeah, Hannibal is very much an I'll deal with you later situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, I agree. Predator goes, moves forward. Predator does move forward. So... We're down to the Evil 8, about ready to set the final four, and that'll be the end of this of this podcast, and we'll come back next week for the second half of this. Um, no! What a cliffhanger! No, no. We're going to talk about these two. These two rounds, once we fight these two out, then we will find out, because what I want to do is we're setting both halves of the final four, or essentially our fatal four, as we like to call them. So we're in, the, <laughs> we're into the Evil 8 territory. Uh, we just passed the center of 16, and now we are in the Evil 8. Let's get to it. A number five seed tall Man from the Phantasm series against the number three seed Necronomicon ex mortis.
1: Necronomicon, hands down. Mm-hmm. Tall man raises some undead and he's like, you work for me. And then it's like, actually, no, we don't. And then they turn around and they throttle him. And that's it. <laughs> so like, the army he can so tall man can control the armies of the undead? The Necronomicon is the armies of the undead, right? So it's like he can he can try to raise them up, but like when you talk about the power they have over the the undead, like Tall Man can invoke some, he can raise what's around him. The Necronomicon raises them all. It's just like, hey, we're all here now.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not. I think in that aspect, the Necronomicon definitely has an edge over Tall Man. Here's my argument for Tall Man, though. And it's the same argument I made for Candyman and Freddy, because I don't think it, needs, it can be ignored here, is the Necronomicon, in order to be incited and to have the Deadites come alive and to control the damned, even though that's what it is, somebody still has to read from that book. So there has to be an action that's taken to, to bring about that evil and to bring about the damned, whereas the Tall Man, as Matt was saying earlier... Anybody who comes into his funeral home and is dead, he can use them. Anybody who, who crosses his path, he can use them. There is no action on your part that needs to happen in order for Tallman to further his power. And so that's kind of where the Necronomicon lies for me is that I have to read from that book. If I see that book and I'm in this movie and I know what that is, I can just not do it. Somebody else may do it, but I myself cannot do it. Whereas I don't think I have much of a chance fighting against Tallman if I run up against that person just because it has the supernatural power. Uh, you know, I think I don't think that part can be ignored. So wh- what do you both feel on that on that aspect? And, and maybe that's an argument for the next. R- I'm going to keep on making this argument with Necromomicon, too. You know, I, I think that's an important part of it that you have to read it and you also have to have some sort of ability to um, to pronounce Latin as well and read it. in order to get through that
1: well as hollywood has shown us over and over your ability to pronounce latin properly has absolutely zero influence on your ability to recite latin (laughs) incantations right pronunciation does not matter
0: but what about reading it like do you have to be able to like is it just does it present itself to you in english if you're an english speaker does it present to yourself to you in in farsi if that's what you speak like What's do you like? Can you even access that book
1: and that channel if you don't even know how to properly use it? So my mental metaphor that I'm using for this head to head really is like the flu versus COVID nineteen, right? And Tallman is the flu. He's around. He does some stuff. He's always there. Necronomicon is COVID nineteen. It's it's here. Now the world is dead. It's that fast. It's it's in the the blink of an eye and it's all over, right? Because any one of those world-ending spells in that book are kind of the end of the world, pretty much. So while I am scared of the flu, I have never been forced to live at home for a year and a half because of the flu. (laughs) So I am much more scared of covid-19 i'm much more scared of the necronomicon because of the potential the the yes you you, there's a tighter bottleneck on it but the ramifications of the evil embodied are exponentially greater basically what you're talking about is like would you rather would you rather stand at the bottom of this waterfall over in the national park nearby or would you rather stand at the bottom of the hoover dam and just, like, hope it doesn't break open. And honestly, for me, I'd much rather stand at the bottom of the waterfall because I know exactly how much is coming out, and I know when, and I don't have to worry about it. All right, Matt,
2: what did you say on this one? Oh, I'm not. I'm going to go with uh, Necronomicon. <laughs> All right. I like how you tie-broke tie in different ways in the last two combatives. That's good. Well, it's funny because, like... <clears throat> Well, I definitely appreciate and totally see where it comes from, Aaron. As great of an argument as that is, Necronomicon is just too much of a threat, um, and it's uh, it's capable of way too much. Um, and both franchises are fantastic. Listeners watch all in all installments, um, but I'm going to have to give it to uh, the Ex Mortis.
0: All right. We'll move forward the Ex Mortis. Then first, of the Final Four, Fatal Four, as we say. Number three, Necronomicon, Ex Mortis, making it to the last four standing. All right, that's fine. I'll deal with that later with you
1: two. Uh, you got Freddy.
0: Uh, i get. I got Freddy. And that made me happy.
1: <laughs> you're, you're about to. You're about to get him again.
0: Yeah, I think Spoilers. Freddy meets Predator here. Um, on this one too, I, you have a chance of killing the predator, as slim as that may be. Um, Freddy is an immortal being that that ke- keeps on coming back and back and back. And I, I just, as I said earlier, you know, one of my strongest arguments to Freddy is is there is no po- you cannot get away from him. And I think that's something that's really strong is just there is no avenue for you to get away from him. You can't go to sleep if you're awake. He can still decide to come into the mortal world. Or you can get rid of him, but he will be back at some point. And so uh, to me, I think Freddy c- comes out on top on this one.
1: Absolutely. I see the predator blowing a hole in Freddy's abdomen and Freddie goes, Oh, there's a breeze in here. And he just saunters up and like drags his claws across predator's throat and says, I feel, I, I don't know. I just feel so much, so much more full. And then his torso <laughs> regenerates and he's back. Right. Cause you can't, you can't hunt what you can't kill. Right.
0: Yeah, I think Friday we've Ward here are you 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 with us on that one, Matt? Oh yeah. All right. That, my friends, is the end of this podcast. So next week we get to discuss the other half of the brackets, which has people as Jason Voorhees and Leatherface and the Living Dead. We get into some Xenomorphs. We get into the Leprechaun. Pennywise, Pennywise. shows yeah. up. Lots of really great villains coming in next week for you. And um, next week, we will also continue on and we will take a little break before we do that on that episode. But we will finalize the bracket next week. We're going to do the other half and we will come back. Unless you want to do a, a special episode after that. Of just the four. But I think we can get all of it done. I agree. I don't
1: think we should make the people wait any longer than we have to.
0: I don't think so either. So that's awesome. Necronomicon, Ex Mortis, and Freddy are our first two in the final four. And we will see you next week. Does anybody want to say any parting words? Um, Here's what I want from each one of you. From the two of you. I would like a movie recommendation um, in the horror genre to we, we spoke about some we spoke about lots today but we did speak specifically about some earlier um, try to make it different if you can from earlier today of what you have been watching so give us a recommendation for our listeners to go watch um, and then we'll we'll end it
1: well I'm going to toot my own horn here and I'm going to mention one from my top five favorite horror movies of all time and that's um, Bubba hotep we've talked a lot oh. today about Evil Dead we've talked a lot about Bruce Campbell's iterative character, Ash. We have not talked about his other iterative character, Elvis. And Elvis and John F. Kennedy in a West Texas retirement home fighting an evil mummy is one of the coolest things I've ever seen on screen. And it's got fear, it's got comedy, and it's got a shocking amount of heart. So if you have not seen Baba Hotep... You owe it to yourselves to see it. Make sure you pour yourself a nice stiff whiskey first because you're going to mm-hmm. need it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I started that the other day um, at like midnight. And I was like, you know, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until I can have a little drink. I can have a little time. So I've seen the first 10 minutes of that. That's a great, great, great suggestion. Please go do it. Matt, What, what, what's, what's your suggestion for folks coming out here?
2: So one of my favorite... Uh, types of horror uh we've we've discussed earlier today trick or treat i love anthologies and there's a lot of great 70s and 80s british and horror anthologies on amazon prime so if you have amazon prime they are available to stream uh movies such as i believe the house that dripped blood is a great one you definitely want to check that out Um, and I believe Asylum, that's another good movie that you should check out. Uh, now there are two other movies, the original Tales from the Crypt, uh, Crypt 1972, and its sequel, The Vault of Horror. I think that Vault of Horror may also be on Amazon Prime, um, and Tales from the Crypt currently is not available to stream, But if you can watch any of those four, or if you have access to somebody that owns Tales from the Crypt 72, definitely check them out. Uh, British Anthology Horror is uh, definitely something to give a shot, especially if you like, you know, examining different types of horror.
1: Yeah, and they're bite-sized too, which is really fun because it gives you a lot of opportunity to, like, reflect, right? Like, it's like the short story version of the m- mm-hmm. movie books, right, where you can get so much more into a tiny little space that's very rich.
2: Exactly, and a lot of the stories um, deal with uh, morality um, and basically uh, decisions that place characters in certain positions, how they got there, why they got there, they're 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 pretty good they're worth yeah. checking out aesop's fables but people die exactly
0: exactly <laughs> sweet excellent um i'm gonna throw out a couple here as well um, my first one that i think everyone should go watch it's a 2009 american horror film r- written directed by ty west it's called the house of the devil
2: mm-hmm. it is
0: fantastic it if you're one. looking for something that was made recently but has a um it's set in the 1970s slash 80s kind of like it pays homage to that and so it, the way that they film it and the cinematography and just the production design is so like awesome it like my friend and i talk a lot about trick-or-treat how like trick-or-treat to me is like a very halloween feeling movie mm-hmm. like if you want to watch a movie that feels like halloween go watch trick-or-treat because that movie is just perfect for that if you're looking for a slasher kind of from the '70s, and it's it's not a slasher, it's it's definitely something different than that. And you definitely have to. But if you're looking for that kind of vibe and and you want something that is feels '80s, '70s style, um, the House of Devil is awesome. It's more recent, but it, it's definitely set there. I recommend that one for sure. Um, my other two that you should go watch if you have Netflix, um, and I'm just gonna I won't talk about them very much, but go watch the the back to back films of the Babysitter and the Babysitter Killer Queen. Those are super fun, great comedy movies. They're great. Max is giving me the finger right now, which I understand. I was pleasantly surprised by Killer Queen. That one was awesome. I think they're just a fun romp that really is is cool. So go check them out are they're, they're nothing like you're not going to get any kind of like amazing horror. Definitely watch House of Devil for that one. But if you want something that's just like a fun romp, that's kind of like a a little slasher. Go, go watch those two movies. They're great. There are the popcorn. Uh, there are the popcorn flicks of the horror genre. That's what those two movies are. Like, they're very. Yeah, they have lots of style. I like them.
2: I haven't I like seen the, the second, movie. but I did see the first, and I did like it. So, but I haven't seen the second yet. The
0: second one to me just has like it's just like if you took the style from Thor Ragnarok and like just move that into a horror movie. That's kind of what it feels like. Hmm. It's just kind of like that fun, just kind of like. I don't know. Neon style. I like it a lot. Cool. That's it. Those are my recommendations. Go forth. Enjoy. Um, We will be back next week with our finalized bracket for everybody. We're going to try to get Fabian with us so we can have the two versus two. And I want to get an additional voice on here. Um, So we can do a little more arguing, a little more enjoyment and um, it'll be more fun, especially if there's a two versus two, no tiebreaker. And I think that's more exciting than having a tiebreaker here. So we're going to try to work around that schedule and try to get these out to you. But until then, thank you so much for joining us. It's spooky season. Have a great fall and autumn and everyone stay safe out there, please. Infinity continues. And that's it. There is the cut. (laughs)
2: That awesome. <laughs>